Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Let's take our Bibles and go to the book of Ephesians chapter 5. Today I want to talk to you for a few minutes about why God, why God loves His church. Because He does. The church is God's plan. It's His plan in the earth to bring people into relationship with Him. Amen. We are part of His incredible plan. There was a, uh, a man who leaned slightly to the left all the time, and his friend suggested that he go see a doctor you know, about this and get his legs checked out. Now, the guy refused, and his friend was just insisting that he go see the doctor. Come on, there's no reason why you have to deal with that. So finally he went, sure enough, the doctor discovered that his left leg was shorter than his right one. So after a uh, quick bit of um, orthopedic surgery, um, he was cured. And now both of his legs were exactly the same length, and he didn't lean left anymore. And his friend told him, he said, you know, after all this time, he said, you know, you didn't believe when I told you that a doctor could fix your leg. The man said, well, I stand corrected. (laughs) Thanks, Camille. (laughs) Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 25, Ephesians 5, 25. Husbands, love your wives. There's a good chance for an amen. Okay, husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Thank you, Father, for this time together. Thank you, Lord, for your amazing word that it is living, it's powerful. Lord, I thank you that it is of highest authority And when we believe your word and we speak your word, Father, that twice spoken word becomes the most powerful thing in our lives. And we thank you, Lord, for the word and its power. Lord, it's life to those who find it. It's health to all of their flesh. Shall we receive now the benefits of your word? Lord, do what only you can do in our hearts today. Your word is that which searches our hearts, the the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And I thank you, Lord. Your word will bring instruction and correction and inspiration and, and, and training, understanding, and revelation, insight, all these things from you, God. Because as was prayed earlier, Lord, we want to leave here better than the way we came in. Lord, we want to know you more right now. And I thank you that your word is an invitation to us, your invitation to us to come and know you more and to know who we are as a result of knowing who you are. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now let's go to the book of Acts chapter 2 in verse 47. Why God loves His church. Because He truly does. Acts 2, 47. It says, Praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily, <clears throat> daily those who were being saved. The first reason why God loves His church is it's how He adds to His family. It is how he adds to his family. Just by a show of hands here, um, speaking of your salvation experience, you know, when you first came to know the Lord Jesus Christ, how many of you, for, for you, that happened in a church somewhere? You came to know Christ. And let me see your hands real high, okay? All right. That's probably 60, 65% of the room here this morning. And that's because that's where most salvations take place. It's, it's God's number one plan for global evangelism is His church. 
He doesn't have really any other plan for adding to his family and growing his kingdom. He has one plan, and it's called the church. Amen. You know, every, everywhere they went in missions, preaching the gospel in the New Testament, they didn't just go there and, and preach the gospel. They went there and established a church. They built a place where people could continue to come and grow in their faith in God. Now, big crusades are awesome, and I've been a part of crusades, outdoor, out, you know, open-air crusades, and they're cool. They're, they're really cool, and see people get saved, you know, and witnessing one-on-one to somebody is also good, but nothing is as grand, though, as the establishment of the church itself. It really is God's best idea to win this world to Him. You know, men and women get married uh, to build something. You know, through the years together, you're building something. You're growing, not, not just to have sexual encounters, even though those are incredible, but, but to build a family, to build, uh, uh, establish a home, to leave a legacy. Amen. And God has a purpose in His love for His church. And you know what that purpose is? It's to take over the world. To take over the world with His love and with His grace and with His mercy. And He, he, he wants to add more and more to His family. And so He uses the gathering of, of the church to say something to the world. And that message that he says to the world is, God loves you. God loves people. Amen. Amen. And he wants as many of them in his family as possible. Praise God. Now let's look at Acts chapter 11, verse 25. Acts 11, we'll read verses 25 and 26. It says, Then Barnabas departed for Tarsus to seek Saul. So Barnabas has been sent to Antioch. All right, He's one of the early uh, disciples. He, he was named Barnabas by the apostles. He actually had a different name. I think it was Hosea, Jose, or something like that. I, don't know. I wish I knew. I should know. Anyway, but they named him Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. All right, This is what the, the disciples called him. It's kind of his nickname. Um, but he went with that name, and he was sent to Antioch and found that there were Gentiles that were coming to the Lord there. And in chapter 9, we know the story of Saul of Tarsus, who had this incredible encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. He was knocked off of his horse, and then Jesus called him into ministry that day. Saul of Tarsus, the Osama bin Laden <laughs> to the church of that time. He was a terrorist to the church and doing everything he could to kill it, to destroy it. And now the Lord called that very man to build the church. And so, you know, in chapter 10 of Acts, we've, we know the story of Cornelius, the first Gentile convert who come, came to Christ. So Barnabas goes to Antioch and he sees these Gentiles coming to Christ. Then he heads to Tarsus to get Saul, this newly converted Christian, because he knows by God telling him that God has handpicked him specifically to preach to the Gentiles. Verse 26 of Acts 11, And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people, and the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. They taught a great many people. The second reason why God loves his church is um, it's how he teaches and he trains his family. It's how he teaches and trains his family. It's firstly how he adds to his family, but then it's also how he teaches and trains. God brings you to a body of believers where teaching is taking place. And this is his primary way of winning your soul, right? Your, your emotions, your mind, your will, um, to, to help you to live this separated, consecrated life unto God. 
and uh, uh, a sanctified life, uh, which means one that is, uh, is being continually tractor beamed toward God and away from the, the system of its, this world and its thinking and its believing. So he trains you and teaches you while you sit at the feet of his word. And because God's not going to have a family that, does, that doesn't look like him. His whole reason for us in saving us is to transform us into the image of his son. That's what the word says. So each time we come together, we're being transformed that much more to be more, to look more like Jesus. So he, he birthed you so that you could look like him on the inside, but it takes training and it takes teaching to become like him in the way you live your life, the way that you think, the way that you walk, the way that you talk. You know, you don't have to train your kids to be stingy, do you? You have to actually train them to share. You have to, you have to teach them to say thank you because they automatically know to be selfish. Right? It's just in their nature. And when we come here and we get training for the Word of God uh, that, that speaks to our, from our spirit to train us and to teach us how to live this life. His Word uh, governs our lives. His grace, the Bible says, has appeared to all men and it teaches us how to live our lives for God. I've learned a lot about how to live the Christian life in church. I've been in church all my life. I hope I've learned a thing or two. But but there are three things specifically that I've learned and, and practiced that have truly impacted my life immensely. And, and, and those three key things for me personally, are number one was, is giving. Yeah. Number two is speaking the word. And, and number three was praying in the spirit. And giving open, Heather and I, our, our, it opened up our world big time. You know, it, it really taught us about the faithfulness of God, the, the, how incredibly interested in our finances God really is and how involved He wants to be and will be if we will allow Him to be. It, once we chose to be givers, there was something that happened. The fear of lack left me, and I'm sure it left her. We, just, we didn't fear uh, lack any longer. We, we, it caused us to move in faith to believe no matter what we're facing, whether we don't have anything right now at the moment, that doesn't matter. God will supply all of our needs according to His riches and glory. And He supplies seed to the sower. And not only that, but He also gives the increase. And so we're in this supernatural experience with God just in giving. It's beautiful, isn't it? And, and through the years, God has continually provided for us again and again and again. His provision, I found, has always exceeded our giving. Always. Speaking His Word also and praying in the Spirit has also changed my life. It's helped me to overcome uh, issues through the years that I've had. One being crippled at, at times with anxiety and panic attacks. And then the Lord taught me how to fight, you know, because I, I thought it was something I was going to have to deal with the rest of my life. I'd never experienced anything like it. I've always been in control of my faculties. But this was a whole different deal. And I couldn't, I couldn't know when it I couldn't predict when it was going to come on me. I could just be riding in the car, you know, listening to the radio. All of a sudden, boom, just dark cloud comes over and the heart starts racing. Like, what the heck? What is this? And uh, for years, I struggled with that. And then the Lord said, how long are you going to put up with this? Are you going to fight this thing? And what do I do? He said, speak the word, pray in the spirit. I'm like, really? Is that easy? Just speak the word and pray in the spirit. Okay. And I started doing it. And the moment I started doing it is when that thing started losing its power over me. And it was just a few months later, I was completely set free from it. Something I really did think I was going to have to either get medication for or deal with the rest of my life. And by God's word, by his spirit, completely overcame it. 
And it's happened over and over in my life. See, you, you have your own testimonies, though, you know, of how the church has impacted your life and how it's taught you and equipped you for your own life and your own life experiences. But God has brought you here so that you, you, we can grow together, right? So that we can know Him, so we can know His Word, and so that we can also know how to show His goodness to other people. You're not saved you know, by how well you perform, but others very well may be saved because of how well you perform. Your light being that, that light that it is, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Amen. Let's go to Acts 14, 23 now. So when they had appointed elders in every church and prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord in whom they had believed, in whom they had Believed. Now we're going to go two chapters over to Acts 16, verse 5. It says, So the churches were strengthened or established in faith and increased in number daily. So this first verse that we looked at says, They commended them to the Lord in whom they had believed. And then it says that they were strengthened or established in faith and increased in number daily. The third reason why God loves His church is because it is the epicenter for faith in the earth. The church is the epicenter for faith in the earth. Uh, some of you are, um, of course, right now you're not in. How many? Uh, some of you actually are in school right now. Anybody still in school? You're doing online courses or anything like that? Yeah, some of you are. And uh, but you know, but you're maybe at the age where you're in school right now, and, and you're probably not going to hear about faith in God from your teacher. Right now, there are te- not, no, it's not necessarily because the teacher doesn't want to do that. I mean, they might want to teach you that, but. Uh, and we have some wonderful teachers in our school systems, and I thank God for them. But that's not their purpose, though. It's not their job. This is the church's responsibility to teach faith in God, to teach people, to equip people to live a life of faith. You know, it's good to have a doctor pray over you. I've, we've had doc, a doctor, doctors pray over us, and I love believing doctors, right? <laughs> you feel like you got like twice the chance. <laughs> uh, so, but... And some of you have had that experience yourself where you've had a good Christian doctor to pray over you, and, um, and that's, that's been a blessing. But the truth is, you need faith in God no matter what you're facing because there is a way of victory available through faith in Him. Faith, actually, the Bible says, is the victory. You know, and sometimes that, that it happens in an instantaneous miracle. And sometimes it takes time for, for you to see the manifestation of your healing or your, your breakthrough, whatever it may be. But the, here's the, at the end of the day, you still win, right? Whether it's instantaneous or it takes even years at times. This is, this is way beyond just wishful thinking or just a gamble. Not Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The, the church, the gathered ones is the epicenter for faith in the earth because this is where the Word of God is most richly dispensed. And how does faith come? By hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And faith in God is the surest thing that we have. Actually, faith in God, as I've said before, you know, uh, there are these little phrases that we like to use in church at times and, um, but without really thinking about what we're saying. You know, risk it, risk it all in faith. Well, that sounds kind of cool, and maybe you could, you know, I don't know. But it's, faith is actually, takes all the risk out. It's risky to fear. The risk is in doubting. The risk is in unbelief. Faith is the sure thing. Amen. For a Christian to not walk by faith is to walk in risk. Amen. Amen. Praise God. 
For one, without faith, it's impossible to please God. I'd say that's a risky experience, right? But with faith, I believe it's also impossible not to please Him. Amen. Verse 27 of Acts 14. Are you guys out there okay? Are you still awake? Can you take a couple more? Now, when they had come and gathered the church together, they reported all that God had done with them and that He had opened the door of faith to the McKinnians. The Princetonians. Are there any Princetonians here today? Yes, the Alanites. Any Alanites here? Plainonians? Frisconians? <laughs> Collin County? North Texas? Okay, getting warmer. <laughs> they reported. They come together, church, and they reported all that God had done with them. So this is a moment where they're testifying and giving God praise. Um, Hebrews 2.12 says, I will declare your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will sing praise to you. Just like we did this today, this morning. Sing praise to Him. The fourth reason why God loves His church is this is where people praise His name. He loves to hear our praises. He loves to hear your praises. This is, this is Jesus in the midst of His church. Praising His Father through us. He's not ashamed to call us His family. And in the middle of our gathering, He is giving praise to His Father with us. When you open your mouth and you praise the Father, understand that that's Jesus praising through you. Hallelujah. That's beautiful, isn't it? Because it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. He loves His church because this is where people, they give testimony and they give praise to God. I love hearing what God is doing in people's lives. I love to hear their own personal experience. And you see that this is their own true personal walk with God. You know, you can, what, what's the old phrase say that a, a person with an argument is at the mercy of the person with experience. You know, I had many friends tell me for years who in denominational churches, tongue, tongues has passed away. I said, well, I'm sorry, but I'm still doing it. So I'm, I've got the experience. I'm still speaking in tongues. So you're going to have to come up with a better argument than that. But every one of us has a very unique tongue print. I've told you this before. It's just as unique as your finger or thumbprint. Did you know that? And so your tongue print is uh, something that as, as God is, there are billions upon billions of people on this planet and when, when people gather across the globe together, just like we're doing here today and praise God, God hears all of our praises, but He recognizes every unique tongue print amongst all of that. That's why He loves to hear you. David said in Psalm chapter 45, my tongue is the pen of a ready writer. Isn't that beautiful? My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. So uh, God hears your own unique tongue in the midst of the masses praising His name. Your testimony and your praises are another reason why God loves His church. Can we just take a moment right now and let Him hear from us? Uh, let's just lift up our voices and offer Him thanksgiving and blessing. We praise You, Lord. Lord, we want to offer You because You've given us this unique tongue print. This tongue will bless Your name. This tongue will lift You up and praise the name of Jesus. And I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for that in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And Acts 20, 28, lastly, 
Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. Wow. The fifth reason why God loves his church is because of the price he paid for it. Do you know it costs twice as much to make a penny than the penny is actually worth? Don't you love our federal government? Fix it till it's broke. It also costs a dime to make a nickel. Wow. But you know what? Last year, our government spent $100 million making pennies and nickels. And they're going to do it again next year and the next year. The value of our money is decreasing while the price of Metal is continuing to go up. But you know, this is the nature of the human condition. It's what the tree of the knowledge of good and evil has gotten us. Right? <laughs> I was telling my staff that this past week and we were in, I was out in Raton, New Mexico preaching. I went to, uh, uh, they had a Sonic there. Now they don't have a whole lot there. It's a small little community, but um, they had a Sonic there. Now, <clears throat> I'm going to tell myself a little bit. If I go to Sonic, I'm going to get a double meat burger. All right? I'm not going to be satisfied with just that one single patty because it's just not quite big enough. Come on, can I get a witness here? Any? Okay, anyway. Dylan, if he was in the room, he would be amening me. But anyway, so I always get their double, double meat, double cheese burger. Okay, so I, I was ordered it, and the lady <laughs> tells me, she says, I'm sorry, but... We can't do that because we have a shortage of beef. I said, shortage of beef. Okay, can I get two regular hamburgers? Yes, you can get two regular hamburgers. I said, do you, do you hear what I just said? I said, I, I ordered a double meat. I can't have that, but I can have two hamburgers. Yes. All right, okay. Well, let me ask you this. Can I order just a cheeseburger and then order an extra patty on the side? Yes, you can do that but I can't just order a double meat burger. No, can't do that. See, somewhere along the way, our reasoning turns into stupidity, right? That's why we need God. That's why we need truth, right? And we've seen a lot of this during this, this whole pandemic, right? People, they're just trying to do, they, do their best with what, they, you know, with what they have. And, you know, it's, a lot of times it's just we want to look like we're doing what we can, you know, the truth is, just as many people that don't wear a mask or do wear a mask are still getting COVID. But it's the appearance of things. It's the appearance of things. And we've got to look like we're trying to remedy the issue, right? Okay. Politicians for years, they, they've chipped away at our own constitution. Some act like it doesn't even exist, right? Let me just say, American, cling to your Bible and to your guns. All right? <laughs> Amen. Because the day you give up your rights to your Bible and your guns is the day you become a slave. So thank God that there are those who are willing to give up even their own lives to ensure our enduring freedom. And I thank God for that, for the men and women who daily put their lives on the line. The, the, uh, you know, as I've said before, for, most, for the most part, the worth of something is determined by what somebody is willing to pay. And God was willing to give 
his own son and shed his own precious blood to purchase this church. That means the worst kind of person doing the worst kinds of things can be saved today because God valued them worthy of the blood of his son. Even while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Second Corinthians 5.15 says, and he died for all. Say, that's me. If he died for all, you're in that all. That those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. See, when we take communion together, which we'll be doing next week, we partake of his body and his blood. We proclaim, the scripture says, the Lord's death until he comes. Because when he died, so did I. I'm crucified with Christ. My old nature died. Your old nature died. When he died, the power of sin died. When he died, he conquered death, hell, and the grave. So he died for all so that all could be saved from death themselves. Amen. So this means you have a right to be healed. Amen. Come on, give me a good amen. I said you have a right to be healed. You have a right to prosper in your life. You have a right to be blessed because God loves his church. Amen. He proved his love by showing what he was willing to pay to have you. It's how he adds to his family. It's how he teaches and trains his family. It's the epicenter for faith in the earth. It's where people give testimony of his grace and praise his name. And it's because of the price he paid for it. That's why he loves his church. Lord, thank you for your love for us and that you were willing to do the most incredible thing by giving up everything in your son to have us. That, that Jesus would be sent to us as the only begotten Son, but He would be raised from the dead, the firstborn among many brethren. Thank you, Lord, for that. That we are all sons of God through faith in Him. Thank you, Lord, for the church. Thank you that you called us and gathered us together. And I pray, God, that we as One Cause Church, Lord, would truly be everything that you've called us to be and to do everything that you've called us to do. Thank you that you made this church a city set on a hill, a light that cannot be hidden, Lord. Lord, I thank you that this, this church is a continual testimony to our community of the love, the goodness, the grace, the mercy, and the power of Almighty God. Lord, I thank you for the experiences that we've had here in this house together, the God encounters, and Lord, and how many more through the years that you have set up for us. Thank you, Lord, for the church. Thank you, Lord, that... It, this is where I got saved, God. It was in church. It's where I got married. This is where I dedicated my children to the Lord. This is where I've had so many encounters with you, God, because of the gathering of believers. And I want to say thank you because I know that I'm a better man today because of the church. And I praise you, Lord, for every household that's represented here because, God, it's in your heart that we and all of our house are saved. How you love the family and how you nurture the family through the ministry of the church. Thank you, Father God. From this day forward, God, I thank you, Lord, that we're continuing to march in victory. Lord, no matter what we're seeing right now on the earth, God, I believe right now that there is a setup, a setup, a setup for the demonstration of your power in the earth. Your word says the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. 
Thank you, Lord. And I, Lord, I'm looking forward to seeing the demonstration of your power that will silence, that will wane, that will completely overcome and conquer this demonic attack on our globe. You will be glorified. You, God, will be praised. You will be lifted up and your church will be built and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Salvation, healing, and miracles in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. If you're here this morning and you need prayer for your uh, for healing, I, I lift up your hand right now or you want to just sit in for somebody you know who's suffering in their body. Lord, I thank you right now for healing in these bodies. Healing, healing, healing in Jesus' name. You sent your word and you healed them. God, I love the power of your word. You sent your word and you healed them and you delivered them from their destruction. Thank you right now that every tissue, every cell, and every fiber of their being shall operate and function at peak proficiency according to its created purpose in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen. Praise God. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.